0: It's Allison Kerr, CEO of Primal Elements and host of Brandology Beyond the Logo, the podcast where we tackle the art and science behind branding. Many people think branding is just about the logo, but it's so much more. Tune in every week as we sit down with industry experts and entrepreneurs who will share what it truly takes to build a successful brand. Guys, so we are here with Marcus Watts today on Brandology, and we're talking to him about his business, how he's built his brand, and just who he is and his success as an entrepreneur, and um, also about how he uses. Uh, digital marketing to create um a brand for himself and for other people. So Marcus, thank you for coming on the show. Yeah, I'm, so I'm glad excited. To be here. Yeah, thank you
1: for having me.
0: Yeah. So um tell us about you. Where are you from? How did you get where you are today?
1: Yeah, so um you know, my name is Marcus Watts. Uh I run online businesses. Um I work inside of the digital space um as a digital strategy consultant for individuals and brands. Um uh, work with large corporations, small companies doesn't matter. But my passion kind of just came from when I was opening my first gym in 2013. I was like I was telling you yesterday, I was trying to find ways to engage with people. And how do I not spend any money leveraging these tools that are at my disposal and try to gain eyeballs on my brand? Because it, you know, at that time, you know, uh, when I was opening my first gym, it wasn't about stealing other people's members from gyms. I just wanted people to know who we were and know like that we were a real thing. And I've always believed in creating a buzz. You know, there's there's nothing more powerful than a buzz around your business. Um, and the human connection is the other side, you know, having a connection with people, getting people to see that you're, that you're providing more than just a service. Listen, if we could give it away for free, we would, but since we have to pay bills, you know, if we can serve people and be able to, to accomplish both those missions, you know, it's a, it's an amazing thing. So, you know, I played professional ball, um, Uh, overseas I played in college obviously Um, and I'm originally from Florida but I'm an army brat so I grew up all over the world like I grew up in Germany for 13 years traveling all over it was a great experience Texas Alaska Um, and I was a business major in college at Florida Gulf Coast University in Fort Myers Florida but yeah I just have always kind of been a entrepreneurial mind like I've just I feel like I can be great at anything If you put me in a suit and tie and you put me in an office, I'm going to work the hardest and I'm going to figure out a way to make it happen. That's just that, 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 that athlete mindset, I think. Um, but I always just wanted to live life on my own terms. That's what kind of drives me. So I want to, you know, I have this vision of how my perfect day is like waking up to going to sleep and though everything can't go exactly according to that. Of course, I just know what I'm trying to create. So every day I'm trying to do that and help other people do
0: well, that's really awesome. <laughs> so, how did you go from, like, professional athlete to now entrepreneur? Was that kind of already in a trajectory for you, or did something happen that kind of, like, changed gears and put you on this path?
1: Yeah, you know, when I was, I, I still have this goal, but when I was 16, I had a goal of wanting to open up um, youth uh, community centers so that were catered around youth um, and they, they kind of linked academics and athletics because they were two very big staples in my life. Obviously, you can't play sports without the academics, and the academics are going to set you up for, you know, long-term success. Um, I, I will say that I don't believe college is, is for everyone, and there are a lot of people that struggled in school, you know what I'm saying, that, you know, had dyslexia and other things that, you know, they found, they're, now they're billionaires. You know, so I'm not saying, but I am saying that there were so many lessons that we all learned from it, and, and you know, it's a, just an important Uh, part of a young um, teenager or adolescent's life. So that kind of was where I was always thinking about that. I did reports on that in college, you know, building out whole facilities that could kind of encompass that. And then when I was playing ball, the real goal of playing ball was to be able to use that, leverage that to gain deeper credentials inside of the fitness and athletic world once I was done so that I kind of had a leg up because, you know, when somebody says that they play pro and, and there are a lot of levels like i like they're semi-pro, like I play pro ball. Like I'm, y'all paying me money. I'm not. Listen, you know what I'm saying? Like I'm not gonna be here. It wasn't. It wasn't anything like that. you know? And there are a lot of guys hustling to kind of come up to those ranks.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, I never got to play at the, at the highest level, but you know, you know, it is what it is. But everything was with that in mind. So I'm playing overseas. I'm doing my thing. I'm starting to train people that are like friends of mine, police officers, and you know that work for Orlando Magic. And I'm like testing my programs out. You know, I'm learning from the things that I did, you know, that I did and things that I didn't get as an athlete. And I suffered an injury right out as I was kind of like the, the peak of my career. And, the, and the, the the funny thing is I was always ready. I was always planning these other ways. I was planning these things was because I felt like no matter what sports you play, you know, it rings true. The, ball, the air comes out of the ball for everybody at some point. So I wasn't going to let sports use me. I was going to use sports as much as I could. Um, I suffered an injury. It wasn't career ending, but while I was back home rehabbing, I started getting involved in the community, coaching at local high schools, football, basketball, testing out my training programs more. And by the time I got healed, it had been about two or three months longer than I had planned for. And I just felt like I'd gotten so cemented that I didn't want to go back. So I stopped playing ball. I mean, I was I was 27 at the time. Um I was, you know, I was in really good shape, 27, I was in really great shape, but I just felt like this is the best thing for me to do. And instead of, you know, starting my, starting business when I was 30 something years old, I was like, I'm just going to dive in, right? I didn't know, I didn't know how to run an LLC. I didn't know how to, I just, I didn't know any of the stuff that I would end up learning kind of in, you know, I guess what we call, you know, the school of hard knocks or so.
0: Mm Mm-hmm. All right, so you were talking to us about um kind of your journey and like the your path to entrepreneurship. So, um you started your gyms and where did you like what was kind of the process for that? Like what did where did you
1: mm, yeah. So, well before I started the gyms, I kind of like okay, if I'm going to do business, I need to set some goals because you know, in sports you got goals for, you know, what you're going to accomplish, you know accolades that you want to get or you know rebounds in a game things like that so I, I wrote out like a, a five year plan and I was like all right, this is what I want to be doing in a year three years and in five years I was like okay so um, I pretty much reached my like uh, five year goal inside of like a year and a half oh, wow. um, and that's when I opened up my first my first gym Okay. and at that point again like I really didn't know a ton but I just started finding people and asking people one of the first books I read was the startup of you mm-hmm. uh, linked by the guys who created LinkedIn mm-hmm. which is a great i think it was one of the best books that i, that I could have read at that point um because it, it gave me like some inspiration but also gave you like a deeper understanding of like hey like this is going to take time you know um but yeah one of the first things i did was i just started it had been a while since i had dug into like business plans and stuff so i just started like researching sites that could help me so instead of writing a business plan from scratch i went and found a site that could help me like with a template of it you know and you know i started reaching out to people like just writing down all my questions and I took I, at at this point I was still learning to play to my strengths and not try to make my weaknesses better, mm-hmm. which is which is probably something that I'm so much better at today. It's like if it's a strength, awesome. If it's not, then I'm gonna outsource and find someone that can help me do it. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I just kind of took it one step at a time at at a time. But it was all based on hey, listen, this is what the goal. This is what I want to accomplish in a year, in three years, in five years. Now, let me work backwards. You know, what does it take for me to? get this in a year or accomplish this in six months or mm-hmm. put forward the best presentation that I want in two weeks and then kind of put my, put my effort in that way. You know, Wow.
0: That's really awesome. And I think it's, especially when you're first starting out as an entrepreneur, like you don't know all the pieces that you need. You don't know all the components, even goal setting and like setting up an action plan and going and be able to ask the right questions. Like it can be really difficult to um, to do those things if you don't already know that's what you need to do. So I feel like your athletic career, your academics, like the way you were brought up probably played a lot of that, you know, for you to be able to go and be forward thinking that way in your business, which is really cool.
1: Yeah. You know, I think one of the kind of going back to the school thing is, is that I would change about this whole process is they teach you to try to do everything. You're going to do all the finances, you're going to do the accounting, you're going to do this, you're going to do that, you're... And I feel like I had, I used so much of my energy and that's something that's so valuable as like your energy can only be spent in so many places, you know, and you have to learn, you know, you learn through good and bad. So, you know, where's the best place and, and the best, the best people to invest your energy. But going back, I feel like I could have done all that like so much faster and been so much gotten even, even Better success even better results excuse me if I would have understood outsourcing and in back you know this was you know 2013 when I first right. opened my first business so it, it wasn't out I knew about it but I, but it wasn't it wasn't as easy for you to find information and back then it was still kind of a minute thing mm-hmm. but that's probably one thing I would go back and, and change is I now I have you know two assistants I outsource about um 60 hours a week you know what I mean? So it's a big part of why I'm able to do a lot of the things that I do. I mean, and it, actually, if we add in Omar. It's probably another who uh, is from um, uh, Mix and Master Audio who does our uh, batch editing and all our stuff, our music for for the podcast. That's probably another twenty hours a week. Mm-hmm. So you're talking, you know, eighty hours. Yeah, 80 hours yourself. a week. That yeah, that I'm not actually doing it in and. and the people are way better at it. Than right, me. <laughs> right. It would take me five years of doing it, and I still probably wouldn't be as good because right. they—they're just passionate
0: about it. They enjoy it. And I don't understand why that is because I, I maybe this is just our mindsets. Like, because I feel like we just try to master everything. You know, sometimes there's some of us that are built where we have to like know everything, do everything, study everything before we can actually like you know either execute on it or even like let other people in to help us. You know, which it's not always the best thing, you know, but it's like you said, play to your strengths and not your weaknesses. So maybe that strength, you know, is better off used in another area of your business or life, you know, rather than trying to become a master of everything and then not really doing anything significant, you know?
1: A hundred percent. I agree. That's, that's like my, that's how I live my life now. You know, in school, they teach you to to, to do everything you know, and they, they kind of make your mindset to where you've got it but in reality like it's just not enough time it's listen there's 24 hours in a day so you need and everybody has the same 24 hours right don't say it's not enough time to get stuff done it's enough time to get stuff done. you just need to find the best way to get it done now if you're outsourcing something you got to understand how the process works because you can't have somebody pulling the wool over your eyes And you can't have somebody telling you, oh, yeah, well, that's going to take this long. Like, the only reason I know that a podcast can be done in, like, literally minutes if you have what you need is because I've done it. The only reason I know that if I'm scheduling out content for social media, it shouldn't take me four days is because I know that if I have these pieces, if I have high resolution photos, if I've decided what my schedule is going to be, if I... Have even just an idea of how I want to create my copy.
0: Yes. All right. So we're back.
1: Technical difficulties. Technical
0: difficulties. You know what I'm saying? You got to do it. You <laughs> got to do, do it.
1: it. You know what I'm saying? To be able to know how it
0: works. <laughs> exactly. Right? Exactly. So let's kind of segue a little bit because um, you are your your I would say you're besides being an entrepreneur, like your focus is helping people um, develop their brands through digital marketing. Mm-hmm. Um, So let's talk about that a little bit and how important that is to building a brand and how important it's been to building your brand.
1: Yeah. Well, um, I work with, you know, people in a few different areas. I work with people that are more like in the corporate like area. And then uh, obviously the fact that I'm in fitness, you know, and I've run so much stuff through the vegan space um, as it pertains to training, you know, nutrition, just general education. I work with a lot of fitness coaches as well. Um, so, what was the first question? Like, how did I get started? Like, what do I Like, think
0: I'm how started? does... um? <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. So, how does... Um, how does digital marketing help yeah. your brain and how do you use it to help build other people's brains? Yeah, brands?
1: so, you know, there's a... You know, you hear a lot like content is king and I think it's kind of thrown around a little too much because quality mm-hmm. content is what's king. Yes. But in order for you to get... In order for you to get visuals and get people to respond to what you're putting out. It takes content that's visually stimulating. You know I mean? Especially now with, you know, all the different stimulus that are coming from people, they've got Facebook and Instagram and all it's, you know, understanding how you can put together content that one is true to you and two is going to serve other people is it's, it's imperative. Um, Paramount is probably the word that I want to use, but I'll, I'll give you an example of like how I started to do it. I was like, okay, well, most of my following, my home base is like Instagram. So I was like, man, how can I use um, the energy that I'm putting into Instagram and other places? So instead of writing shorter posts, because I love to write longer form posts, I started making sure that my longer form posts were scripted out and, and I was always focusing on a, on a certain message. So the posts, I then took that copy and I repurposed it. And yes, I started using it for blogs. Okay, so then I took that same content and I started using the audio to talk over like visual, um, like videos that were visual, but um, videos but videos that had captions. Yeah, you know, It was just more of like a, I don't really call it a video. I do, it's just like a visual like representation of my words. Mm-hmm. Really. That's what I was trying to get to. And then I started realizing how there were so many other ways. Listen, if I'm going to take, I can take one piece of content and repurpose it. 15 different ways, I have seven main go-tos, but um, I can just take my best performing content and I can let other people digest it wherever they they choose to. So it could then become like its own graphic for Facebook and push people back to the blog. And that's when I started using the same stuff on Pinterest and we grew the Pinterest audience. I think now we're at like a hundred and like 60,000 um, monthly viewers and i just wow. started we had just started that maybe like four months ago we didn't have what? any activity yet oh my so goodness. um i have a um a director for my pinterest who i've, I've outsourced I, I run a va for that um, Gotcha. and that's just her specialty that she just does that all day mm-hmm. so and then i would say that's probably the other thing is, is finding those people that that is like their thing and not trying to like guess and figure it out mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. um, I use a couple apps as well to like help me like see like what my competitors are doing. And really, I don't even think of it as yeah, they're competitors, but I'm just trying to see the best performing content. If you if you make content and I just like the way that you position it, like it resonates with me, I'm like I like that. Then I'm like, hey, I want to share that with people too. So I'll I'll run analytics on hashtags that are used. I'll run analytics, you know, ana- start 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 running analytics on you know frequency of posts, you know, time of day, all that, and then it helped me start to sculpt how I wanted to do it. And I just found a group for me and I started sharing it with other people. But it's been massive for my business. I mean, my first real month online, my first real month, I had like an online store. You could like come and buy stuff. I'd done like maybe five or $600 in sales, maybe in like six months. My first real month when I put a real strategy together, I did 10K in sales that month. Wow. And I was like, so this is like with no like opt-in, no ads. Actually, actually, I did an ad for, like, over Labor Day for, like, three days. It was, like, $9 or something.
0: Right. Um,
1: there was no landing page, actually, for it. They couldn't. I had to send them a link directly once they interacted with me to where they could go to pay for it. Oh, my god. But this was all through Facebook and Instagram. Facebook and Instagram direct messaging. Wow. None of it was ad. None of it was landing pages. Mm-hmm. And that was the first time that I saw, like, how powerful it could be. And since then I just kind of dove in like I don't want to say I wasn't in a hundred percent but I, I definitely I definitely started to see it different yeah and tried to find more ways to manufacture that same result and share it with other people because I'm like I literally was calling my boys I was like listen I'm not like doing anything unethical but I'm just reaching people and mm-hmm. I'm telling obviously the story is telling people what they want and um, I'm able to serve and help more people you got to like, start exploring
0: this. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. So, I mean, obviously, digital marketing right now has become pretty much, like, it's it's completely necessary for every business to have a strong, like, digital marketing strategy. You want to survive out there, even if it's not, you know, doing, like, you're spending $500 or $1,000 a mm-hmm. month on Facebook ads, but having, like, a clear... Uh, digital marketing and how it affects uh, how important it is for every business to have a clear strategy. Mm-hmm. Um, so what would you say is like the biggest challenge that you see with businesses when it comes to digital marketing?
1: Um, I would say the biggest ch- uh, when you when you say challenges, you mean like challenges that people have yeah. or. Um, I think that a lot of people don't understand that you need to be solving someone's problem. And if you're not solving someone's problem, then you're not giving them a reason to want to come to your business for answers, Mm -hmm. i.e., put, you know what I'm saying, press the buy button or put money in your pocket. Right. Um, What I try to do with all of my clients and in my own business is I try to say, what's the deep-rooted problem? that people have like what what is it that you're like what are you solving what are we sell no no what are you there's a deeper what are you solving what why you have to give them a reason to want to come to you and say these people are going to give me the straw that i need that's going to be eco-friendly and i can use and it's going to make me feel better okay with that and i kind of already took the touch on it but that problem there's an emotion that goes with it and it's your job to touch that emotion and let them know that you're the best way for them to solve that problem that they have from there um I think it's putting a strategy in place and when we say strategy that gets like thrown away a lot it's like how how do you want to talk how is your audience speaking so you can speak their language don't try to make them speak your language they don't know you how like if you know when I write emails and stuff you'll see like depending on who I'm talking to like I, sometimes I use slang and some copywriters might not like this, but I firmly believe that you speak in the audience, you speak in the, 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 the tone of your audience. Um, so I, I just try to make sure that I'm talking to people like a regular person. And when I'm in settings, when I'm with, you know, exercise science and kinesiology majors, then I have to speak their language. Right, <laughs> you know, right. when I'm when I'm at police academies and I'm giving presentations on movement to SWAT teams, I have to speak the language that they're using. And you'd be surprised, in a classroom there's one language, outside of the classroom, it's It's completely other. So just, so, so, you know, how can I, how can I position myself to just let them see, hey, listen, here's a ton of quality, quality ways that I can solve problems that you have. Oh, it's um, setting a routine. Oh, it's it's planning. Oh, it's whatever it might be. You have to find out what these problems are that your audience has. And then start to speak in the tone, letting them know and giving way, way more. Just, I mean, every piece of content that I try to put out is giving people something that they can take right now and put into action. I run tons of free programs. I have like two 14-day programs. I have like a 21-day program. These are free programs that people can get access to that I'm giving away some of my best content, to be honest. Um, but I, I think those are really good places to start. And then it's taking the feedback. Like, if people are telling you, like, what are people telling you about what you're saying? How how are they, are they pulling from, are they, are they asking more questions? Are they telling you that they're learning you know? And if not, you just got to pivot and just listen to what the audience, what the audience is telling you. Mm
0: -hmm. Uh, No, that's really, really helpful. And I think that that, um, in and of itself is, um something that businesses can take and put into action right away because it's just it's it's the human connection you're studying human behavior like how we think how we actually receive information and being able to apply that to business strategy and saying you know it's not it's not tricking people it's not manipulating them it's just being able to get down to where they're at you know and like you said to speak their language to have conversations with them on their level because if you're if you're speaking to them in a way that they don't understand you're right. Like, they're not going to click the buy now. They're not going to click the sign up button because mm-hmm. they don't know. Um, they don't, you don't speak their language. Mm-hmm. You, know, you, you don't get them. Yeah. So, I think that's really, really awesome. Um, so, what are some of your like, favorite tools for um, in your business when it comes to? Um, I think that
1: uh, the first one is Slack. So, mm-hmm. I use Slack for a lot of inner team communication. Um, it's a great way to like invite people in and just keep conver I like to keep conversations in one place. So it's like, you know, sometimes there are certain people that you just text, but Hey, we want the team communication all here. So everyone knows what's going on. Um, so Slack is probably the first one. The next one that I use is, uh, I don't think this is probably probably maybe fits, but like Google drive, like mm-hmm. Google is just fantastic for being able to have one, again, like when you get that G Suite, one place to have to Everything. create your presentations, yeah. create your documents, have all your standard operating procedure, all that stuff. Um for social, um, there's an app called CoSchedule. And Co will let you plan out all your content from blogs. Now I don't use it for Instagram because it does not allow auto posts. Okay. For Instagram, I use one called later.com mm-hmm. um or Iconosquare. I've recently switched to later.com, um, but I use Iconosquare for a long time. Mm-hmm. And what co schedule does it lets you literally seeing like a calendar there's like you kind of like your google calendar is like different colors and all that stuff for everything that's going to post and when it's going to post what time and you can you can have team members interact and those people can tell you where things stand and things like that so as far as like I'm, like managing my content like that's probably where i go google drive co-schedule and then for instagram i kind of Square over later
0: gotcha okay that's awesome You also kind of, we were talking before about freelancing and um, what that looks like for you. So kind of explain like your life as a freelancer.
1: Um, So I like to work with, uh, I don't want to work with everyone because if I worked with everyone, I mean, I'd like to work with as many people as I can, but obviously I want to provide the highest quality possible. Um, So when it comes to working in the freelancing space, um, I work with people. Who are looking to number one be coached and number two uh, have their digital strategies kind of over overs oversaw, overseen overseen yeah oversaw- I think it's
0: overseen I think it's overseen post in the comments sure out. yeah
1: <laughs> <laughs> so what I'll do is anything visual so anything that you see video um, any type of audio it's okay how can we put together really quality really amazing content that's going to serve. Wherever the audience is, and then how can we take that same content and repurpose it? How can we give it in another format to where people want to digest it? And, they, and then they want to digest more of it because they, they, what they saw, they, they really did enjoy. It. So um, when it comes to doing that, I've got to, number one, be able to manage my time. Number two, be able to get a clear definition of what people are looking for so I can over deliver. Mm-hmm. So I'm always, I'm, that's one thing I'm, I'm always trying to over deliver. If they're saying that they want it on this day, I try to get them. A, to them a day before. If they're mm-hmm. saying that they want, you know, this type of quality, I, I, I try to somehow, how can I go plus one? Right. But for me, it's really just about, all right, how can I,
0: when people
1: work with me, I want them to be blown away. Mm-hmm. I want them to learn. I want them, you know, I was just on actually with, um, uh, one of my clients, uh, yesterday and I was actually showing them. So I'm creating content for them, but I'm actually showing them how they can make more stuff like that themselves, mm-hmm. like through a screen share, you know, mm-hmm. a, a screencast. Mm-hmm. Because I, I just love giving. I love sharing with people. So, yeah. um, you know, because of, be, be, because of that, it's fun for me. So it's not ever like it's work,
0: you know. That's awesome. I think that's the best part. Like when you can really find yourself in a situation that it doesn't feel like work, you know, and you come alive every with every new project, every new um, opportunity, you really do come alive, you know, and that's really where passion comes from. So I think that's awesome. So if people are looking to work with you, mm-hmm. um, how would they reach you? What's the best way to get in contact?
1: All right. So we um, can post my email and stuff on here mm-hmm. if you want, but um, on social, I'm at the Watts guy. Uh, right now I have my actual, my consulting agency, that website itself is going to be dropping, but marcuswatts.com. And it will be the best place that you can reach me. And that's going to connect to my fitness programs, to my um, digital strategy um, uh, consultant, to my marketing agency. And then also to my other part of the business, like I said, is the vegan side. So it's like the fitness side in general. That's for everybody. Then it's the vegan side, people that are, you know, that are in love with plants like I am. Um, And then it's the strictly business side, which is... um, yeah, my agency. So, but MarcusWatts.com on social media at the Watts guy, um, and then you can kind of trickle and
0: find everything from there. I'm I'm looking right now. I'm on my phone looking right now for the Watts guy. Oh, there he is! Found him. He listen, ladies and gentlemen. He has over twenty-seven thousand <laughs> followers on his Instagram page. Join the movement, yeah, the please. vegan revolution, and like, let's collab. <laughs>
1: like, if you're listening to this, like, hit me up. Like. You, do you need articles? Like, what are you doing? Like, are you working with some people that, you know, need some good collaborations? That's the other thing. I'm so big on collaborations and and, and I just love finding people who have companies that I'm passionate about Yep. so I can just share like what they're doing and we can kind of all help,
0: you know, um,
1: pick each other up.
0: Absolutely. I think that's fantastic. So Well, I am so now you gotta be on my show. I do have to be in your show. You gotta be on the success bias. Yes. I (laughs) got three I got three shows. He has three shows, guys. So we got we got
1: the vegan transition. Yeah. we got destination fit, which is just like all about fitness and healthy living. And then we got the success bias, which is, you know, kinda where we're doing what you're doing here, talking about, you know, steps that people can take. It's like a blueprint for um, you know, entrepreneurs and people who just want to even if you're not an entrepreneur, just how to get the most out of every single ounce of life that you have so now i gotta have you on
0: (laughs) (laughs) well i'm definitely excited to be a guest on your podcast and i appreciate you being on our show today um it's gonna be really awesome to see how you continue to grow and develop in your business and like all the different you know organizations that you get to touch so thank you appreciate it all right (laughs) Thanks so much for tuning in. Enjoy the episode? Make sure you subscribe so you don't miss the next one. If you really love what you heard, I would love it if you left us a review. For more beyond this podcast, visit us at primalelements.com. See you soon. Go Primal!